Welcome to the Ghost Rap Podcast. It's fast, it's fun, it's informative. This is your weekly dose of the news that matters on the markets with your host, the Finance Ghost. For more details on these stories and to make sure you get daily updates, visit ghostmail.co.za. The Ghost Rap Podcast is proudly brought to you by Mazars, a leading international audit, tax and advisory firm with a national footprint within South Africa. You know, if someone asked you to put together a list of exciting businesses, I really doubt that Rick's true form would be on it. If that name sounds kind of familiar to you, it's because this textiles group has been around forever. These days, the company is trying to move forward through acquisitions, and some of these acquisitions are pretty dreary in the form of properties, about as thrilling as the grey suits they probably made for your grandfather back in the day. But the latest acquisition is way more interesting, with a 35% stake in ITV Africa for 18 million rand, payable in cash. This business plays in the streaming industry, including supplying the AI-enabled cameras for streaming school sports. This is a far cry from just buying another property. And here's the real kicker. This business was founded in 2020, so how's that for short-term value creation? We're talking about something that is around three years old that now makes a profit of 15.7 million rand a year. This is an interesting deal, and I would love to see more stuff like this coming from Rex Trueform. Barlow World is generally a favorite of mine because I get to use the company for so many reasons, one of which is to test my thesis on the right types of businesses to be in during inflationary times. Pricing power is just so important because you need to be able to push your pressures onto your customers. It gives you the double whammy on revenue of pricing increases plus volumes growth. Now that is certainly the case in Equipment South Africa and Equipment Mongolia for that matter, with revenue up 34% and 48.1% in those businesses respectively. Margins can still go the wrong way from things like changes in the product mix, but these are great numbers. Equipment Russia, that's obviously facing a really tricky situation right now, with revenue down 46%, but operating profit only fell by 8.6%, so they are doing a great job of there of managing a disaster. Astonishingly, that is still a better profit trajectory than Ingrain, which is the consumer-facing business in South Africa, where EBITDA fell by 19.2%. Yes, the business in Russia put in a better profit performance year-on-year than the business in South Africa. Now, if this isn't proof that industrials is a better place to play right now than consumer-facing companies, I honestly don't know what is. Speaking of consumer companies, SPA released a trading update for the 47 weeks to 25 August. Group turnover, that was up 10.6%, but there's been a big uplift here from RAND depreciation and how this boosts the offshore numbers once reported in RANDs. For a better look at how the core South African business is doing, we need to look at Southern African turnover growth, which was 5.9%. Grocery was up 8.1%, and that's below inflation of 10.1%. Tops, that was actually down 0.6% versus a very high base. One of the issues locally has been yet another painful SAP implementation, a very fancy software system that seems to stump retailers when it comes to getting it right without any issues or teething problems. SPA reckons they lost 200 basis points of combined grocery and liquor turnover growth from the SAP implementation problem. It's also worth noting that Buildit saw turnover drop 3.6%, so the difficulties in that segment of the market are not over. If you look overseas, the local currency performance is not fantastic. BWG in Ireland and Southwest England grew turnover 8.5%, which is solid. But in Switzerland, turnover fell 3.4%, and in Poland, it fell 5%. It really was thanks to the RAND that this looked decent. Speaking of Poland, the new management team at SPA has made the call to dispose of that interest. Selling it will be easier said than done, but it's the right decision in my opinion. The group needs to focus 
especially with a competitive onslaught in the key South African market. This is very much a turnaround strategy. Capitec has announced that headline earnings per share is up by just 9% in the six months to August. Now, if we ignore the huge multiple that this bank trades at, that's not bad. Unfortunately, a great deal of growth is being priced in, and that growth is not really happening when it comes to net earnings. The top line revenue looks good, with net interest income up 17% and non-interest income up by 25%. The fastest growing source of income is actually funeral plans, up 59%. So income is clearly not the problem here. As one would expect, impairments have shot up in this macroeconomic environment. A 62% increase in impairments means the net income only grew by 10%. Operating expenses have increased 14%, which is why headline earnings per share could only manage 9% growth. Now, banks measure their cost-to-income ratio based on top-line revenue rather than income net of impairments, which I think is naughty, because you cannot claim that the business is becoming more efficient when expenses are outgrowing net income. If you only use revenue in that calculation and you ignore impairments, it looks more efficient by just lending out money without actually caring about credit losses. I'm not sure that every bank in the world takes this approach, but Capitec certainly does. This is why it's so important to look through the narrative and understand exactly what you are looking for when it comes to any company's results. And finally, it's not all doom and gloom in the property sector. We've seen a couple of positive updates come through, especially after the tough outlook given by the likes of GrowthPoint and Hyprop. One of the positive outlooks came from Vukile, with a combination of township and commuter shopping centers in South Africa and a portfolio of properties in Spain as well. It doesn't get more diversified than that. The pre-close update included a great chart on performance per retail category, showing health and beauty doing incredibly well at one end and home and electronics suffering at the other. There are some interesting read-throughs there into the retail sector. For Vukile, the guidance for the 2024 financial year is dividend per share growth of 7% to 9%. Another good example is Attac, showing us that a focused strategy can work. Waterfall City is basically an oasis in Gauteng, contributing 57% of distributable income at ATAC. It has attracted the Government Employees Pension Fund as a direct investor in that portfolio, which did wonders for reducing ATAC's discount to NAV, to my great joy as a shareholder at the time. Distributable income per share is expected to be 8% to 10% higher in FY24, assuming no dividend from the investment in offshore fund mass. Now, in summary, as we are seeing in retail as well, this environment is rewarding focused strategies in the right areas. Broad, unfocused exposure is not working right now. There are good performances, there are bad performances in the sector, but there are not a lot of mediocre performances when things are this difficult. And that's a wrap. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Ghost Rap podcast should be taken as advice. Please do your own research and visit ghostmail.co.za for more insights into the market.